0: Right? 2 Corinthians 3 seventh.
2: Victory in the name which is above every
0: name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme
2: law.
1: <laughs> right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. <laughs> Pathetic benevolence Who claims to heal Without a shred Of medical evidence in the public eye, Luke warmer than kitchens On live television Saying mornings are Christians I'm not throwing stones I'm simply shouting the truth So if you never You're going
0: to and you know you ain't got no in your hey everybody welcome back to the masters dog episode 67 I'm your host the evangelical norm so we got a couple of masters dogs in this week actually we got episode 66 which uh, apparently was like a delayed episode of Saints unscripted faith and beliefs um, then we did false teacher of the week uh, just Come out a few hours ago, and now I'm doing episode 67 on a second Faith and Beliefs video that was released last week. Just again, trying to play catch up to where this week, coming up, when uh, excuse me as I scoot up and, and look like I'm having a seizure in my chair um uh and so this week when saints unscripted releases their next faith and beliefs video will be on time on track to respond to it and so on and then of course if somebody decides out there in the false teacher world of christianity to say something ridiculous i uh, will probably talk about it actually i think i'm going to do a video a couple other guys have i think uh james white has responded to this uh excuse me, Francis Chan video. That's, that's rolling around right now. Um, Chris Roseborough did, uh, a response to that. Um, and so I, I think I might look at that a little bit and, and throw Jackie Chan on the, uh, the false teacher bus here as well. And so we may do a master's dog based on that one. Um, a couple other things that are are floating around, still want to get back to responding to the Todd white thing. Um, Kind of thinking I may wait until that comes up in the False Teacher of the Week, which is like three or four episodes down the road, uh, we're going to deal with Todd White. So a lot of stuff in the pipeline coming up uh, for the Master's Dog. Um, Stay tuned. Uh, It should be very exciting. But today, we are going to listen to David Snell uh, of Saints Unscripted, formerly Three Mormons, Faith and Beliefs. he has a question about temples, um, and so he's gonna gonna throw that out there. And I listened to this or watched this this video earlier, um, kind of jumbled it out. And the premise, and here again, this is this is something I'm I'm amazed that Mormons do. Well, I shouldn't be amazed that Mormons do this, but they have a guy named Bob Millet. I think that's his name and he is like a, the, a Mormon apologist kind of guy but he has a famous video out there where he's essentially saying when somebody asks you a question um, don't answer the question they, they asked answer the question that they should have asked um, essentially kind of moving away but and I'm actually going to do this with this this video because he presents this in a way that, well, the, the question that you ask really isn't the thing that is the problem. It is, I mean, there's a there's a level of a problem, we'll talk about it, um, but it's the, the, the question that wasn't asked that truly is the, the issue that needs to be dealt with. So, with that, I won't keep you in suspense anymore. We will let David get in here and do what David do, and then we will respond. So, here's David Snow.
2: Hey guys! If you're familiar with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know that we've got hundreds of special buildings called temples throughout the world. Now for some people, there's been this long-standing idea that anciently God only ever allowed one temple to be built, the Temple of Jerusalem. It's for this reason that some people also have questions about temples built in the New World as described in the Book of Mormon, like Nephi's Temple. If there can only be one, why are multiple built in the Book of Mormon and in modern times? Let's see what we can find out. Okay guys, so here's where the rubber meets the road. Many people believe God has only allowed one temple to ever be built primarily because of these verses from Deuteronomy 12. Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest, but in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes. There thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and there thou shalt do all that I command thee. Now there are...
0: Okay, so Really that that's not the verse that, that is dealing with it. really? Because when Deuteronomy was written, there was no temple. It was still just the tabernacle that they had it was the portable building. There was no temple built. There, there was nothing that where God had said. I mean it wasn't until King David that God said, "I want a house built for me." And that, I mean, we should be getting into Chronicles and Kings, um, Samuel, at least, before we're talking about verses that that indicate that there's only one temple. Um, You know, I mean, there's a, a ton of different places we can go to. Deuteronomy would never be the place that I would go to to defend the existence of one temple as opposed to multiple temples. But again... That's not so much the thing I'm concerned with. Uh, I mean, we could deal with that, but there's there's far deeper issues with with Mormonism and temples that needs to be dealt with beyond the fact that they have hundreds of them.
2: Two kings from the ancient kingdom of Judah that tried to reform and centralize temple worship in the Jerusalem temple. King Hezekiah, who ruled from about 715 to 686 BC and King Josiah who ruled from 640 to 609 BC. There's quite a bit of controversy surrounding those reforms and there's disagreement on why or even if those reforms happened. Many people assume that the reforms were based on those verses from Deuteronomy 12. But before we go any further, let's get some background information on the book of Deuteronomy. Remember that the first generation of Israelite slaves Moses leads out of Egypt are not allowed to inherit the land God promised them in Palestine because of their wickedness. So they want in the desert for forty years. Deuteronomy contains what Moses says to the next generation in preparation for them to inherit the promised land. Moses makes some speeches and reiterates the laws they were to keep. Now, fast forward to King Josiah. As the story goes, he finds the book of the law in the temple and realizes the people of God are way off track, and the king is going to fix things with this book that some assume was a form of the book of Deuteronomy. The only problem is that although Deuteronomy is presented as an address by Moses, scholars generally agree that it dates from a much later period of Israelite history. To this original core of materials that Josiah found in the book of the law, other materials were added by interested parties in the years following the reforms instituted by King Josiah. So, were these verses in Deuteronomy about centralization found in the original Deuteronomy or were they added later? It's open for debate. However, as one non-Latter-day Saint scholar noted, It is being increasingly recognized that the demand for centralization in Deuteronomy rests upon a very narrow basis only and is, from the point of view of literary criticism, comparatively easy to remove as a late and final adaptation of many layers of material.
0: Okay, we got to stop here for a minute because, I mean, all this talk about centralization, centralization was not the thing that Josiah was renting his clothes about. It was the fact that the people were sinning and they weren't following any of the law at all, whether it was in the temple or not. the The people had become horribly sinful. There was far more that I think that Josiah was looking at than this thing about centralization in one temple. I don't think, you know. Again, at the time there was only one temple. Yeah, when you get to Hezekiah and Josiah, there's only one temple. I mean, I there may have been somewhere where they were worshiping in different, whether Northern kingdom, Southern kingdom, and so on, you know, they may have found but there still was only one temple. So it was implied that there's one place to worship. I mean, this didn't, and again, it was so much more of the sinfulness of the people and not a call to centralization. That was why Josiah was, you know, was uh perplexed at the sinfulness of the people and was renting his garments because the people had sinned and was calling them back to following the law
2: now there are also reasonable people who disagree with a lot of what i just said and they may be right these are just theories Some scholars take Deuteronomy 12 very literally.
0: His people are completely literal. Metaphors are gonna go over his head. Nothing goes over my head.
2: Others believe these verses are only meant to insist on Yahwehism versus Baalism, not on central sanctuary versus mini sanctuaries. In the words of another scholar, Deuteronomy is not aiming at the centralization of the cult in one place, but has in mind primarily the purification of the cult which already exists. Another scholar added that the original Deuteronomy did not demand an absolute centralization of the cult of Jerusalem, but only a relative one at several larger sanctuaries. In any case, archaeological research attests to the fact that multiple ancient Israelite temples did exist both inside and outside of Jerusalem. These are the recently discovered Telmosa temple ruins on the outskirts of Jerusalem. According to the Biblical Archaeology Review, this temple apparently stood, operated, and welcomed worshipers throughout most of the Second Iron Age, from its establishment around 900 BC until its demise sometime toward the end of the Iron Age, early 6th century BC. It has become clear that temples such as the one at Moza not only could but also must have existed throughout most of the second iron period as part of the official royally sanctioned religious construct. Indeed, the temple at Moza is not an anomaly at all, rather it is the exception that proves the rule. Simply put, despite the biblical narratives describing Hezekiah's and Josiah's reforms, there were sanctioned temples in Judah in addition to the official temple in Jerusalem. Another notable temple was located in Elephantine, Egypt. We have documents from these island ruins that describe the temple. It's documented that the governor of Judah even gave the Jews at Elephantine permission to rebuild their temple after Egyptian priests destroyed it in the early 5th century BC. This temple is also interesting because it is thought to have been founded by Israelites who fled Jerusalem as the Babylonian empire grew in power similar to Lehi and his family in the Book of Mormon. And like Lehi's group, once these exiles reached their new home, they recognized the need for a
0: temple. Except for the fact that Lehi and his family never existed.
2: There was also a temple in Heliopolis, Egypt. Archaeologists have also discovered temples at Megiddo, Arad, Lakish, and Beersheba. More examples could be given, but you get the idea. The building of multiple temples was an accepted practice for a very long time. Check out the links in the description for more info on this topic, and have a great day.
0: Alright, so, great, David, you've, you've given yourself uh, an excuse to have multiple temples, okay? Again, I'm I'm not so concerned with that as I am with the question of what are you doing in these temples? Because here's the reality: there is absolutely no biblical or Book of Mormonical. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a term for you. Um, not that that matters, but of any kind of endowments, marriages, baptisms for the dead these things that happen in your LDS temples what happened in the the temple at Jerusalem what was going on in any of these other temples it was sacrifice it was sacrifice the priests were doing their priestly duty by doing sacrifices on behalf of the people for the covering of their sin fast forward to 30 ish AD when Jesus paid the penalty for man's sin when he was bruised for our iniquities, he was crushed for our transgressions. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Jesus became the, the, the sacrifice once for all, negating the need for a temple, period. So I don't have a concern that you have many temples. I have a concern that you have any temples, because Jesus made it clear, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When he paid the penalty, he became the final sacrifice once for all, so that then we now become those temples. When we are saved and the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within us, we become those temples. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because there's no longer a need for sacrifice. He did it, it is finished. Now, granted, you don't aren't doing sacrifices. I'm not trying to start that rumor, but you're doing things in these temples that were never done in a temple, that are not prescribed in any of the temple ceremonies or instructions that God gave, Old Testament or New, and they do not fall in line with anything that is 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 temple-ish for, for lack of a better term. Jesus Ended the need for a temple. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all sacrifice within himself upon his own body. To telestai It is finished. Jesus paid the penalty. So that if we will repent and put our trust in him, we are saved. We no longer need sacrifices. That's what the temples were for the Holy of Holies, all those things, we are now that Holy of Holies where the Spirit of God dwells. We don't need a high priest anymore. We don't need a mediator because we have him in Christ Jesus. None of this is necessary. Temple work is no longer needed because Jesus finalized it. That's the issue. It's not the amount of temples that you have. It's the fact that you have one at all and that you're doing things in there that were never intended to be done in a temple ever in anything biblical. So that's the issue, that's what we're dealing with. And I hope if you're watching this, my Mormon friend, you can see that, that you can understand the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he did all the work on your behalf and if you will repent and put your trust in him, you can now rest in him. You can be the temple and not need to go to a temple. You don't need to to add works to what Jesus did to, to achieve any kind of exaltation. Jesus did it once for all his work made it good and his work saves you and you don't need it so my Mormon friend I beg you to get out get out of this works based false religion that offers nothing more than more and more and more burden and turn to the Jesus of the Bible who says Come to me, all, are, all you who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I have paid the penalty for your sin if you will repent and trust in me. Come to that Jesus. And my Christian friend, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words, that are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.